presented by The Hockey Shop, source for sports Langley. We'll find them at thehockeyshop.com. It is Ingle Radio, the podcast. Uh, pleased to be with David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley, the co-founders of Ingle Magazine. I'm Darren Millard. we got a lot to get to today. we got Brian DeCord with us today. You are going to be fascinated. Dive right into this conversation with the goalie dad, with the goalie coach and with the owner of Stop at Goaltending, stopatgoaltending.com. Uh, that is in our feature interview presented by Sense Arena. And our gear segment today hangs out at the hockey shop talking about Christmas gifts, top gifts. We're going to go down that path. Uh, Woody, uh, how, how are you? How are you holding up right now with the offense rising around the National Hockey League? I am okay with it, Darren. Yeah? I... Will, however, take a little bit of issue with the way that save percentage and the decline in save percentage is being presented by a lot of people that are covering the rise of offense around the league. So let's start there. I continue to see reference to the current save percentage in the NHL. I think it's 904 being presented as the lowest in whatever many 15 years because it's being compared to the year-end save percentage in all those other seasons. To which I would counter, I am not saying that offense is not going up and save percentage inevitably is going to take a hit, although I think chances and the quality are also going up. Like We're seeing more shots, so I don't think save percentage necessarily has to dip as much as you'd think for this rise in offense to occur. But everybody pointing at the 904 at the quarter pole and comparing it to the end of the season for the last 15 years, like that just doesn't work because I've done these stories at the quarter pole before. Two years ago, it was actually lower. It was 901 at the quarter pole. So traditionally, say percentage is lower in the first quarter of the season and it rises as the year goes on because teams start to pay more attention defensively and they're more aware, um, more coherent as defensive units. This year, don't forget, we've also got 12 new coaches, so new systems in 12 different cities in the offseason. I think that plays a role. That said, I don't think it's going to rise like it has in the past, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, Just because it's 9.04 now doesn't mean it's going to be 9.04 at the end of the year. It was 9.01 a couple of years ago at the quarter pole, and I think it ended up around 9.09, 9.10. So um, the curious thing to me is how much does it rise? Um, and do we see more teams get back to being defensive, or is this just the new reality where young, skilled players are allowed to just try and get that fourth goal when they're up 3-1 rather than worrying about shutting it down and trying to prevent the other team from coming back? Because to me, that mentality and the amount of players that aren't held accountable when they make mistakes trying to get that fourth goal is as much a part of this rise as anything else. Um, we heard from Barry Trotz just recently. I, I saw, read an article with him saying the exact same thing. Like this is this is largely about a mentality um, that's allowed to exist among new players. And I'm not I'm not complaining. That's just the reality of the game for goalies now. Um, you're going to see more chances, more wide open offense in a league where they finally learned how to score. What forty one percent more chances across the middle of the ice slot line below the hash marks in the last five years. Teams are figuring out how to score on goalies, oddly enough, by actually talking to goalies. And that's a part of this as well. But please stop using the quarter pole save percentage like it's the year end. I agree with you that players are going for the fourth and the fifth goal a little bit more. 
and I'll add on to it that players, instead of packing up and going home because the game's out of reach and you're never going to be able to to come back, are also trying valiantly for the second goal in a 4-1 game or the third goal in a 4-2 game and trying to get back into it and get their cookies. And that's why we've got uh, some more offense. Well, I mean, in the comeback, you know, I mean, we used to see score effects, but it would be shots from the outside. So yeah. in other words, a team would be up 4-1 and all of a sudden they give up a ton of shots, but not a ton of quality. Well, now when that team that's up 4-1 is trying to score the or 3-1, trying to score the fourth goal or 4-1, trying to score the fifth goal, that's usually where you have mistakes in the game when you're pushing for offense and it leads to chances the other way. And again, I just think less teams, and I've talked to goalie coaches around this about this around the league, fewer teams are settling for those outside shots as okay. Like they view shots that used to be like, ah, traffic and tips and pass off pads and all those cliches that used to get thrown around. A lot of teams and coaching staffs now view this the way they probably always should have. Those are turnovers. That's all you're doing. Unless you really do have multiple layers of traffic and screens and and people crashing the net. For the most part, if you're shooting from the outside, you're just allowing the goalie to either steer it into into the netting or control it and get a whistle and control play. Like it is essentially a turnover. And so as more and more teams forget settling for those shots, but are actively telling players not to take them to look for other types of offense instead, of course you're going to see save percentages go down and score and go up because the quality of chances has never been higher. Hutch, I want to bring you into this. It's just so impressed that the uh, NHL teams are not listening to all the fans screaming, shoot, shoot, shoot. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with Woody more. It's it's reached a point where I, I, I actually I think I might have even mentioned it in today's feature interview. The fact the fact that the, there's a massive difference now between being able to stop a shot and being able to read the game and goaltenders at all levels can handle those outside shots, those point shots, the the the, the low percentage chances that's not what defines a great goaltender is the ability to read the game and play those more challenging situations the cross ice plays like Woody talked about there so yeah I've been preaching that quietly for a long time that that wasting shots on a goaltender really is a waste and I love how Woody put it that it's uh, it's effectively just a turnover and who's going to allow a team to just hand the puck over to the other team but that's almost exactly what you're doing every time you just waste a shot on a goaltender so for Defense or goalies to respond to the slight spike in goals. Well, the last couple of years, it's been a larger one when you put it together uh, because goals have increased. Is that answer going to come on the physical side of goaltending or do you think it happens on the mental side of goaltending, being able to read the game or being able to adapt and uh, get used to more challenges and being able to be uh in a high scoring game and handle that. Yeah. Or take all of the above on that multiple choice question, but yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, first off, are you mentally able to handle what it is that you're facing right now? I think that's right. Right. Um, can you handle and understand right now you have to survive? Yeah. And, and, (laughs) and I think we've also at the same time sort of reached this state of mind where if you're not perfect, it's not good enough. You know, like that one extra goal a game is a massive change. So now we have to be able to accept the fact that that's probably going to happen and that there is an opportunity to come back. And mentally, can you really set it aside? It's a bit cliche, right? Next shot, next shot. But it it means it even more now than ever. So are you mentally prepared to handle what the game is throwing at you now? And the fact that uh, perfection is very difficult to reach at the same point. 
Uh, I think we are seeing an elevation in that ability to read the game or the needing of the ability to read the game because so much is happening in front of you. It's changing, you know, so the book that you're reading is not the same book that you were reading three, four, five years ago. Have you been able to adapt to that? Uh, also crucially important. And then, yeah, we will adapt physically as we see changes in the game as well. Um, I think that's that all... <laughs> I think we should have just had this conversation with Brian Decord with us because all yeah. these things really came up, didn't they? Um, him talking about how we're going to have to change the way we approach things so that we can do them a little bit faster than we used to do them. And uh, yeah, I, th I think I think we're seeing more change in the game faster than ever, and and it makes it so much more fascinating for everybody. I was just going to say this is this is all perfect segues to the interview mm -hmm. with Brian Decord because mm -hmm. you touch on all of these things as much as we had him on to talk about the new book he's got out. And I think we should give that a quick plug, How to Be a Goalie. Um, and as good as the book is, the conversation goes well beyond that. And, and it talks about a lot of these details. And I think that for all the pursuit of speed and holding edges and all the things that you guys get into as we try and adapt to this East-West game, the ability at the NHL level under the bright lights and, and, and spotlight and pressure to manage the emotions of the wild swings also becomes as big a part of it. Like not just, you know, what are you doing technically as the game becomes increasingly fast east to west and, and how are you managing, you know, that, that sort of practical side of it, but do you disintegrate when there's three goals in a minute and a half? Or can you reset fast enough for the fourth goal? Because the reality is your team may not be out of that game. Um, especially some of these teams, like, and maybe I'm a little biased because I'm here in Vancouver where, you know, defense is frankly optional on most nights, but they score a ton at the other end. Um, like it's it's almost like watching shinny some nights, right? And we've all been there as goaltenders, like how frustrating shinny can be. There are moments where it's like that. Like I'm watching these games and I'm like, I'd be pissed at my beer league team for that effort defensively. But increasingly around the league, we're seeing teams maybe not want to play that kind of style, but players that do play bigger roles on more teams right now. And so um, managing the emotions of that, I think, becomes difficult and becomes a part of the job description. I was just going to say that last point is, is so good uh, about the importance of players who play those roles inside those organizations and you have to you have to give them that state it wasn't too long ago uh woody would have been on a rant about how useless it is to play shinny hockey in the summer and how damaging it is to a goaltender uh now that we're reading different <laughs> books maybe maybe you're going to change right. your tune woody now it's now now it's now it's perfect prep yeah. like time and space and options and passes and east west east west and east west again um i, I don't think though that it's a coincidence that the teams that are at the top of the league still have some of that defensive DNA in their game and the teams that are struggling with it um, are fighting for playoff position as opposed to being well entrenched within it. What a primer. Let's not forget that point that, that Woody made earlier that the shooters are learning to adapt to what the goaltenders are doing. And, and I don't think you can say that enough. You, you brought up an example uh, when Craig Anderson was on about how JT Miller had thrown a, um, a shot onto net, essentially expecting that Anderson would play it the way every other goalie in the league plays it and he'd get a rebound out of it and didn't. Um, so, so we're seeing that the players are adapting. We know anytime we're on the ice at a goalie school that the shooters that are there are using it as an opportunity to learn what we do and how we do it. 
And I think we're seeing the natural evolution of that. So it just makes the cat and mouse game all the more interesting. Well, we've been ahead as goalies. I say we, but goalies have been ahead for two decades now, right? Like position-specific coaching in the offseason. And for years and years and years, all players did was go into the summer and get bigger, stronger, faster. There was almost no skill work. to get The amount of guys that went to goalie schools and learned what goalies were doing and worked on specific skills, like it was a short list. Like I remember Zach Parise going to his brother Jordan's goalie school. That was a big deal because he took that step. Now, like not just the pros, but at every level, kids are working with skills coach. Finally, instead of just bigger, stronger, faster, they're actually working on the skills of scoring the same way goalies have worked on their skills for two decades now. And inevitably, they're going to catch up. Organic conversation uh, from the uh, co-founders of InGoal Magazine, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley, which will lead us into our feature interview brought to you by Sensorino with Brian Decord in just a little bit. Uh, I'm wondering, though, uh, is there any way that we can ban raises, backhands, screens or rebounds? Uh, is there any way we can get back to that level to make it easier on us? That silence speaks a lot. No, nope. yes, the I horse know. is I know. off the barn. It's not coming back. All yep. right. You know no what, though? Hey, either. listen, though. But that's the thing. Like, I don't. I, I got all mad because people are using save percentage right now and comparing it to years past. And I do think that's an apples to oranges comparison just because I have the numbers in front of me. And the quarter poll is traditionally a much lower statistic. But I'm not mad about the offense. Like I've always said, we can celebrate goalies more because now you yeah. need more spectacular saves. You right? still got to win. What I, yeah, 100%. And, and I do think that, you know, if anything, if anything, because there is still a wide discrepancy in how some teams do it and how some teams are approaching this. And frankly, some of it's based on personnel. Some just don't have the horses to do anything other than try and outscore their problems because they can't defend. That's a reality. Again, maybe one I see here in Vancouver a little too close. The need and ability to measure shot quality when comparing some of these goalies and making big, broad statements about the seasons they're having has never been more important in my eyes. And I'll give you an example of a goalie who is out right now, but coming back soon, Eric Comrie. I've seen a lot of talk around sort of, you know, just general circles about the Buffalo Sabres and their save percentage, and maybe they need to do something in goal. Eric Comrie's expected save percentage when he got hurt was 8.59. He was outperforming it at 1.3%. Doesn't mean much to anyone, but it's at a level comparable right now to guys like UC Saros, Andre Vasilevsky, Ilya Samsonov, like guys who are near the top of the league, both in terms of how they're considered, but also in Samsonov's case, like his raw numbers are in the top 10 in the National Hockey League. But his adjusted numbers, when you account for the quality that he faced compared to Eric Comrie, they're very similar. And so I think... This is where these numbers are going to be more important because I see too many people right now that are just looking and seeing anybody below 900. They're like, oh, that guy's having a tough year. And in small samples with offense on the rise like this, if you're behind a team that's going to give up laterals like crazy and compared to, you can't compare them to somebody who's not. And I think, you know, this is also, a, uh, I don't want to say a fault because it's just a limit within the public numbers all the public expected save percentage, none of them account for lateral movement. And it's been the biggest difference in goals going up is that east-west passing. And so if you're relying on a formula that doesn't even factor it in, especially in a small sample size, 
you're just not doing these guys enough enough justice, enough of a service. And Eric, like, is a friend of Ingle, a longtime supporter, and, and we love him. So I'm not picking him, you know, out of the pile uh, because of that. It's just that he has the lowest expected save percentage in the National Hockey League. And so people judge the raw numbers, but how he's performing relative to that environment just fine, thank you very much, top 15 in the National Hockey League. And I don't think that gets, you know, the reality is most people don't have that number, so it doesn't get talked about. But people want to throw, you know, sort of throw their goaltending under the bus because it's sub 900. Oh, one other uh, little point here on the increase in goals. Your bad nights now uh, are are big. Like it, it might be six goals. It might, it might even be seven goals. Where in the past, if you had a bad night, you might allow four or five. There's a chance that your your bad nights are getting out of control, and that also uh, blows things out of proportion a little bit. Well, in part because we, we now we're into tandem roles, so we don't yeah. we know you're need the other guy probably for another start, so you're not as likely to throw him in, especially when you're traveling on the road. So guys got to eat all those goals. That's a really good point, Darren. Um, here's one last one for you because this isn't new. I've had this conversation with goalie coaches for the last three four years. They felt like in the last three four years, your ability to get away with it without your A game is gone. gone. Like I remember yeah. Luongo could get away with a B game in his prime and still be okay. Now they tell you, like so many guys have told me this, if you don't have your A game, you're getting torched. Yeah. Uh, I I totally agree with that. Uh, Hutch, I think we're finished with that, but we'll get uh, back at it with Brian DeCord in our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina because it does really dovetail uh, beautifully off that discussion that we just had. Uh, let's get over to the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com. And uh, this is a jam-packed time of the year. Not only do you have the new store going, but it's Christmas time, uh, jumping over there right now. Yeah, busy, busy, busy. There's uh, the new store is great. Uh, a lot of people. It's actually becoming a little tough to film the segments because it's so busy, so much activity behind us. But we we wanted to sort of give you some ideas. Obviously, the obvious ones, pads, sticks, things like that. They've got you covered at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, thehockeyshop.com. Uh, but what about those stocking stuffers? What if you haven't got a big item for your goalie this year, but you want to have something specific to the position under the tree or in that stocking on Christmas morning? Cam has some ideas, and he took us around the store for a tour, some in the goalie section, some mm-hmm. out of the goalie section, items that will make your goalie happy when he finds them under the tree on Christmas morning. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Stores for Sports out here at the new location in Langley. We're still trying to figure out, and great suggestion, folks, keep them coming. But we're trying to figure out what to call our little corner of this 34,000 square foot hockey mecca, uh, goalie corner. I still like goalie utopia. We're going to stick with that for a while. We're back with Cam in goalie utopia, and it's time for Christmas Cam. He's got a magical stocking. He's going to pull a whole bunch of items out of for us. Gifts. There's something magical about Christmas and goaltending. I've talked to NHL goalies at every level, and they all remember that one gift that they got. Some guys, it was the gift that let them know they were it was time to take it serious, whether it was new pads or a mask for some guys, like their first sort of pro-level mask. Other guys remember sticks or helmets, so many different things, pads, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and where, as much as we love Santa Claus, sometimes Santa needs a little help and what better place to go for your gift-giving needs than the hockey shop source for sports. Let's start, Cam, with the big-ticket items, the ones that are maybe a little more work to wrap, a little more work to hide. Uh, under the tree but they have the benefit of being on sale right now if it's time for new pads for you whether 
Hey, and I always say kids, let's be honest. We're all kids as goalies. Beer leaguers need new gear. They got a bunch of lines on sale right now. Cam yeah, Ritual. Ultrasonic. We've got the 3S. It's derivative series. We have A1.9, the CCM Axis pad. Uh, we Warrior, also, Ritual. GT2. GT2. These are all like 30% Correct. off. Correct. Some some more, some a little less, but all on sale significantly here at the Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com. And if you're looking for something a little bit smaller, we've got some Junior VE8s at 22 plus 2. I got quite a few of those. Um, so if you're looking for that smaller kid, that get started. That could be a big moment for the kids. That yeah, could be a very a, big moment, yes. Those are on sale. You've got a whole line of youth gear here as well. If you want the big ticket items, the pads, the gloves, uh, chest protectors, pants, whether it's for a kid or mm -hmm. a beer league goalie, it's always nice to get something new. Sometimes, though, we just need to st stuff the stock. Actually, before we get there, Sticks, man, Cam, like nothing like getting a stick under the tree, a little bit of a pain in the ass as a parent to wrap it. Everybody always remembers getting that stick well, and unwrapping it underneath the tree. You it's, know what it yeah. is, but you don't know what it is. Right? Exactly. It's a stick, but what is it? You've got a bunch of new options here. We talked about the Warrior last week uh, in our review. There's a the M2 line, there's a whole bunch of new colorways, uh, some really sharp colors, some bright chrome effects on it. Uh, your selection of Bauer right now is almost unparalleled in terms of all the different lines, all the different models, all the different colors that you've got available right now. So if a stick is what you're after, make sure you give them a call. Where can they get you, Cam? 604-589-8299. Or check them out at thehockeyshop.com. Now, what about some other items? Let, like, let's go around the store a little bit. Uh, things that are sort of, you know, stuff a stocking. Hot topic, hot, 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 is those UFA sandals. We got lots of them in stock. We got the white ones. Those are the ones with the Velcro on them. We've got just the standard black. Um, there's also a few of those like Halloween style, like the sure. with the little skeleton feet. These are Bauer Ufas. Bauer Ufa. And they're sandals. actually like, they're recovery not just sandals. a sandal, they're recovery. They, yes. Like you actually feel so good on your feet that you feel like you're recovering after a long skate. Correct. Yeah. Kicking your skates off and you're throwing these on and then that's what you're wearing on the way home. These aren't just flip-flops. These are recovery sandals. And you Science on your feet. Science on your feet. Jerseys? Yeah. Lots of them. All kinds. It doesn't matter if you're a Canucks fan and you're in the area in Langley. Nobody has a better selection of both generic and... Reverse already, retro. Reverse retro, already loaded up with uh, some of your favorite players. I didn't see any Thatcher Demko or Spencer Martins out there, Cam, but we'll we'll have word the staff who's logoing those up soon. A lot of, a lot of Elias Pettersson and Bo Horvats out there, but also selection from all around the league. I saw pretty much every team represented on the wall. One of the benefits of the new space is you have you know, so much room for all these different products. Um, I saw I saw golf balls, logo yeah. golf balls. Forget stuffing the stocking. You can buy a stocking Stockings here itself yeah. with your team logo on it. So all kinds of accessories, both online and in-store to help you stuff that stocking. Doesn't always have to be goalie gear. Sometimes it can be just whatever team your little goalie cheers for or your big goalie cheers for. You can stuff the stocking that way. Um, accessories, another great way to stuff the stocking. Toe ties. Lots of them. Elastics. You've got Brian's, CCM. Uh, just got some bar ones back in, pro laces as well. So we've got those options there. Don't forget the lizard skins internal glove as well. That's another easy one. And, and also, maybe you're not ready to buy a new glove or you're not sure what yeah. glove to buy your goalie, but you know it's getting a little worn out halfway through the season, needs a little extra padding. Shove a lizard skin glove in there and you'll be amazed how much you know more protection he gets on the uh, sort of index finger thumb area where, where pucks tend to start to hurt as the glove breaks down and you might get a little more life out of the glove before you have to invest in new for sure one last one really quick we already talked about sticks but why not accessorize your stick goalie block and um, also paddle wedge uh, on sale there as well to pick up add them to your list another great option Kevin, I just heard the store open up for the day. I need to make it to the floor and be ready for all these Christmas shoppers. Santa Cam is back at it. If you need help stuffing your stocking or getting gifts under the tree, 
Santa hasn't gotten exactly what you need, hit Cam up and his staff at thehockeyshop.com or one more time, Cam, the numbers if they have questions on your inventory. 1-800-567-7789 or 604-589-8299 or you can email us too at sales at thehockeyshop.com. And shipping's been tough lately, so make sure... Like, Get your just order in now. Just That's what I can say. Get, Get your, your order, order in now. In now uh, to make sure that the goalie in your life is happy on Christmas morning. Thank you, Cam. Thanks, Kevin. You know what was not brought up in that tour all over the hockey shop is danglers. Like you can wrap up a dangler in a nice tight package and you can put it in a little box to make it look different. You can put it in a big box to make it look uh, grandiose, or you can just wrap up the dangler itself and give it to you guys. That's what we should be giving to each other. I'll even take an extra one if it means you two buffoons will put on a dangler. So every kid can say, oh, gee, dad, just what I wanted. Thank you. Yes. I'll be the coal giving. Case closed. Yeah. Everybody's getting a dangler this year. Hey, you know what, Darren? I hate to say this, but I'm going to make a case for danglers uh, with an article I've got coming up. Losing a tooth myself has led me down the path of realizing that goalies in the National Hockey League are also missing teeth. I did not think this was uh, something that ailed the goaltending fraternity. I always thought that we were safe from it in the masks. The number of guys I have encountered that have caps or bridges or completely fake teeth because of shots off the mask, in part because that puck hits the bottom of the chin because there's no dangler to deflect it, and the bottom opening of the mask gets driven up into their face. I can't believe how many. So uh, as much as I'm not putting one on because it's I'm screwed anyways, I already lost the tooth. Um, I, I'm there's this will actually support your cause when you like it's it's significant. I, I don't think a lot of people realize how significant and a lot of them you don't even know. I watched Ben Bishop lose a tooth or it was probably the cap was knocked off one night in Toronto. I believe Vasilevsky has he not uh, broken a tooth off during the game. I I witnessed that at one point. He he left the game, came back, lost a tooth. I may be wrong on that, but uh, I I right now I'm going to say it with confidence that I'm right. Well, I'm going to have to double check that and add it to the story. Jake yeah. Allen, uh, Western Conference Finals, warm-up, pregame skate, wrist shot off the mask, knocked the bottom half off his two front teeth, had to have caps put on and play that night. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's guys, Craig Anderson told me he's lost three over the years. Mackenzie Blackwood lost four, I believe, at once and was a bit of a bloody mess. So, um, yeah, there's there you go, Darren. So I'm as much as I normally like to pull cor- pour cold water all over your dango theory, uh, I think having it below would prevent the types of impacts on the chin that tend to cause lo- lost teeth. It's secret Santa, but we're all giving each other danglers. And you two maroons are going to wear them and you're going to be happy about it. Well, it, the, the perfect tie in there is all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. The dangler <laughs> yes. will mean you don't actually, you don't actually okay. lose them. I want to ask you this, you as in your current lives, this is not when you're 12 years old, this is not when you're 25 years old, uh, still playing high level or uh, or in the future uh, or whatever. This is right now here in the present. You can ask for anything goaltending related for Christmas. It can be for somebody else or it can be for you. I want to know what is your wish from the goaltending gods for christmas hutch two things one oh greedy 
Well, okay, like greedy. One is, yeah, well, yeah, I'm greedy. Uh, goalie goal, goalie oh. goal. Oh, for sure, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. For who? Oh, well, I wish I you, thought of that. For my kid. For your son? I'm a okay. goalie parent. Good. Like, yeah. right? Like, so. Good. So, but preferably, and if I can't specify the goalie goal, I just want to see a nice two goal lead with two minutes left and the other net empties out. That That's a good present right there because we get to enjoy the experience of watching him clean the crease out and do everything he can to find open space to fire a puck. It's, uh, it's entertaining. So, yeah, goalie goal uh, would be at the top of my list. And then the other one, because, uh, just just some ice, you know, just some ice alone with my kids so that we can get out oh. there and uh, just have a little fun and, and work together. And if it could be Lake Louise out in the frozen lake surrounded by the Rocky Very Mountains. picturesque. Yeah, that would be really, really cool. So he could he could shoot it to BC <laughs> and and instead of scoring a goal, he would try. He would try. So, yeah, just because because there's nothing. As a goalie dad, there's nothing like time with your kid on the ice. So, Woody? Well, my kids don't play goal or hockey, so I can go with selfish here. Yeah. And obviously, the in-goal garage is loaded with gear, so it's not like I need something under the tree. Although, I got to say, make sure, folks, you check out our annual Christmas Day special where we sort of list all the goalies we've talked to over the years and the significant present in their lives that played a role. I got a few more I want to add to it this year, like... Because Christmas and goaltending go hand in hand, right? Like, we've all had a gift if we were goalies as kids that was under the tree that either was, you know, you didn't take off and you slept with that night pads or a glove or a mask or it played a role in sort of your arrival, right? Like, your your goalie was fun, but now all of a sudden you were, you were taking another step into a competitive team, so you got, like, a custom mask or some type of... Like, every goalie has that memory. So it, there is a significant tie-in. But I'm not wanting for gear... Thanks to Ingol, I don't have kids, so I'm going with kids. hipster. You have kids. Well, I don't. Yeah. Have, I yeah. Shh, I don't have kids that are goalies, so they don't even count. I'll oh, take two. Up. I can tell they don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I know they don't listen to this. Um, I'm going hip surgery. What? I'm going hip surgery. Um, are you gonna whine that I, your hips hurt now? No, I've already been told I need it. Um, are you doing surgery or hip replacement? No. See, here's the thing, and that's why I'm going hip surgery. In Canada, for the most part, we don't do the hip surgery that you see most of the goalies get. And so before my last back surgery, I had what they call an MRA, where they take uh, they use the x-ray to guide the dye into the hip, and then they they take a look at the hip because they thought that was causing the pain. And it turned out to be a back, a disc ruptured that they had to fix and yada, yada, yada. But in the process of having that MRA, I learned how badly damaged my left hip was and that it needed surgery. Unfortunately, here in Canada, we don't do it. We just wait till it's deteriorated to the point where it has to be replaced. And so I've been told that that is in my future. So my wish for Christmas would be to actually be able to go get hip surgery so that I don't have to have it replaced later. It boggles my mind a little bit that that's the approach up here. It's like, no, we're just going to wait till it gets so bad that we have to replace it and you have a fake hip rather than actually repairing it, which you can do, just not in Canada. So Santa, if you're feeling nice, Get Woody hip surgery. You know what I had last week was uh, the blood spinning treatment, the PRP, where they I've, draw yep, your blood, they put it in, they spin it around, and then they put it back in. Because I, I also need my hip replaced, my left hip, and I'm trying to hold off uh, doing that. And uh, and I, I, I feel better. And it's going to take a couple of different sessions, but I do feel better. It's I, And I'm a wimp, and I did it. So Platelet 
Rich Plasma, PRP. I've had that in my neck, yeah. Really? You had it in your neck? Oh my goodness. I couldn't do that. It actually helps tighten up some things when is getting concussion symptoms far too easily because things have gotten a little loose. Hmm. Well, I'm going for the, uh, with a new mask, uh, custom painted for, uh, with uh, VGK. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm going for. You guys, you guys were very rich and deep and, uh, and thoughtful and, and very out there. I'm just going straight for the rip and open the package. I think, if the there was a bo- I think if there was a book on who's mi- most likely to get their wish this year, Darren, you're uh, leading the pack by a long shot. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> you're going to Lake Louise and, and <laughs> what Skippy's having surgery. Like, <laughs> I, I was going big. I told you I was going selfish and I was going big. <laughs> that's that's really good. That's a good point. I, I can feel comfortable that I'm leading the pack right now. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, Darren went. Darren went with like like as 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 expensive and as nice as a new mask fully painted is. That's the small ticket item on our. David's exactly. got a trip, and have you seen what it costs to stay in a hospital for a week post surgery? Mine's the biggest ticket of them all. For oh, sure. that's so good. Uh, I love it. And we've got our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina coming up as we uh, talk about goaltending on In Goal Radio, the podcast uh, brought to you by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. Uh, Brian DeCord is with us here uh, today. And uh, he's a fascinating individual. I love Brian because he's written so many books. But uh, uh, Brian mentions in this conversation, uh, y- y- books are tough these days. Like, remember, you remember Harvey Pennock's book? You're a golfer, uh, Woody. The Little Red Book. Uh, Little Red Harvey, Book. Yeah. Like it's still it's still great today. Uh, goaltending books, Hutch. They they they're tough to stand the test of time, aren't they? Well, weren't we just saying that the game is accelerating so quickly, the process of change is accelerating so quickly that to try and put it all down in a book and tell somebody how to play the position, yeah, Yeah. like good luck. And then how do you write a book on how to read the game? Um, spoiler, it's not a book; it's a website. And Brian tells you to go. Go uh, check out In Goal Mag to learn how to read the game. But uh, so, so what's there? Well, I don't know. It's tough, but Brian certainly found a way to do it because this is the second book in two years, and there's another one coming uh, next year, as he talks about in the interview as well. But it's certainly not going to be one about technique and until the game uh, stabilizes a little bit, because it's uh, it's a tough thing to write about right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's fascinating because it changes almost uh, like. Every month and a half, there's something new uh, going on uh, about the the position and how a, a certain goaltender plays that. And you'll hear in the conversation, even Brian watching uh, highlights on a nightly basis, will see something. Oh, that's that that's different, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really fun to hear somebody admit that too. Yeah, it's all uh, and it's almost be, like you need to check out a website if you want to follow what's happening with yeah. technique and not a book because it's so easy to how change. How do you do that? Well, uh, we had the clip last week, right? Uh, Brian saying like th- those pro rates mm-hmm. that that what he does, there there are the uh, the evolution of goaltending is tied up all in that. I think we're all saying the same thing. Go yeah. get yourself a subscription in goldmag.com. and if you haven't, you know, talk about gift ideas as good as Cam's ideas were. Um, he's given up on actually being a good goalie, so he doesn't have a subscription. Nobody's gifting it to him, but you can gift it to the goalie in your life. Ingolmag.com. You'll get to see all these pro reads. Yeah. I think that's what we're all saying. And Go Sense Arena. There's, there's that aspect of it uh, too, right? Because uh, then you can practice all these things without actually needing to go on the ice. Yes. I wonder Sense if- Arena is, is, is the gift that gives to you on a Thursday night at nine o'clock without leaving the house. It is, but 
I'm going to ask our, our good friend Bob Tativa, the founder of Sense Arena. Now that you can use an NHL practice rink as your background while you're working in Sense Arena, maybe he could throw Lake Louise in there for me and then I could have my Christmas wish for a little bit less than the cost of hip replacement surgery. Uh, no, guys, Sense Arena, who sponsors the feature interview every week, um, has another great deal for Christmas time. And essentially, we talked about their Black Friday deal not too long ago. They've extended that out through the Christmas season. If you would like to get into Sensorina or your son or your daughter, now is the time. Um, there is a huge savings of about almost $500, depending on your, your currency that you're working in. Uh, right now, about 35%. If you go and grab Sensorina and you will get the free Quest 2 headset to go with it and the controllers and the sleeves to attach it to your goalie gear or your goalie gloves. And... Then you get into Sense Arena as well for a full year. So there's no better time to get into Sense Arena. It is the best off-ice training tool for goaltenders. And um, we strongly suggest everybody gives it a go. If you get your order in today, maybe it'll be there in time for Christmas. Um, and if not, you can be one of those folks that leaves a gift certificate under the tree just saying the gift is coming, much like the gift certificate for an in-goal gift membership as well. Awesome stuff. Uh, there's lots of giving going on, including this conversation with Brian Decord. And uh, what I love about the, this interview is Hutch and Brian are having a conversation and formally starting the interview is difficult to do with Brian because the discussion just just occurs organically. So instead of like, uh, okay, I'm going to hit record and away we go, it just, we pick it up. Because it starts immediately, uh, the the way it occurs. So uh, there's not this uh, big fancy woody intro to it, because uh, quite frankly, that's hard uh, with Brian. And but we wanted to make sure that we brought you all of Brian's uh, insight uh, to the position. So here is Brian Decord, uh, the owner of Stop a Goaltending, uh, an author, a father, a goaltending coach, uh, goalie father, uh, and David Hutchison, an author. A father of goaltending, and well, you you write on the website, right? Yeah, absolutely. So two guys just hanging out, talking goaltending on In Goal Radio, the podcast. This is our feature interview presented by Sense Arena. I'm at the end of the road here. Like I'm 58. Like I'm starting to wind down. I want to get as much out as mm -hmm. possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been doing this for yet. a long time. I want to try to I want to try to get it out. So well, the game may not let you stop. There's so much to do. There is. Uh, it's yeah. it's never it's never ending. I don't know. Like there was a um there was a save that that Spencer Knight made the other day. Went to his post, he bumped off his post, he pushes out, he makes a second save, pushes out on it. Use, uses what I call a J hook, makes a long butt. Like the skating was, it was like really, really high end. Mm -hmm. And and just the mechanics of it, a big change from what you normally would do. Okay. And I'm like, it never stops. Like this game never stops. Well, I, I mean, I was going to say that the idea that the book that you've done this time is not a book on technique. It And you've done it. And some other people have done it too, but uh, it would be really hard to do that these days. I don't know if you can write it. I don't know if you can because you're going to be outdated quickly and you're going to sit there going, I I can't believe this is what I said in my book. 
<laughs> because now I teach completely different. Right. But that's that's the reality of it. And it, it almost feels like the the pace of change is accelerating in the last few years. Yeah, the game's changing. And, you know, so actually I was, I'm on the ice with Andrew Raycroft every day. And, and we were like, do we have to modify some techniques because they take too long? Do we have to try to take some things that we've done in the past mm-hmm. and find a quicker way to do them? Mm-hmm. Just because, because the game's so fast. It's so freaking fast. Yeah. It's so fast. So, yeah, that's what we were talking about today. Yeah, you definitely see people starting to speed up their movements more in the last few years, I think. Uh, that feels like a trend to me. What, what What do you think are some of the biggest trends in goaltending in the last couple of years? Well, it's like, uh, who was your guest there? I think it was two podcasts ago, and it was all about narrow base. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Like, that's a big one. Absolutely. Just like it, the, the the big emphasis on the narrow base, the, um, you know, and, and, and once again, you talk about this narrow base and then you got these Russians playing eight feet wide. Like, <laughs> so, you know, like there's no perfect way, but I, I think that's, you know, we're back to staying on our edges. We're, we're holding our feet longer. We're, we're in patience. And so I, I, I will tell you, like, I mean, all these conversations and they always end up the same way. It all comes down to how you read the play. It does. It does. And that comes up so often. And we ask just about every NHL goaltender on the show, how do you learn how to read the play? And, and I've never heard the perfect answer. What, do, what would you add to that discussion? How do you learn how to read a play? Well, not blowing smoke, but in Goal Magazine, that's what you guys are doing. Oh, thanks. No, no. But, but honestly, like this isn't, this is what, this is what your pro reads. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is how the game is read, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get enough reps playing. So you've got to watch, and you've got to watch. I I did a thing the other day, and I gave I gave a goalie hack, and my goalie hack was go to NHL.com, and in two and a half minutes you'll see every goal scored from the night before. So all the last night's goal, all the Sunday night's goals, all the Monday night's goals, all you know, mm-hmm. that if you're not going to do nothing else and you don't have time to watch the three-minute game recaps, which is basically saves and goals, mm-hmm. if you don't have time for that, you can watch every goal in the NHL every night in about two minutes. It fl- it's flying. You get to see every goalie. So that's your goalie hack. That's your, your quick, I'm going to see everybody that played last night to keep up with things, keep on top, watch play after play after play develop and see how these goals are scored. Mm-hmm. And, and it just makes you think. So I think that you guys are doing a tremendous service to goaltenders. Well, thank you. Thank and you. giving them the, you know, the opportunity to not only see a play on video, but listen to someone break it down. You know, we, we hear certainly in Canada, they talk a lot about long-term athlete development models, and I'm I'm sure in other countries as well. I'm just the one I'm most familiar with. And one of the things that comes up a lot is we need to change that ratio of practice to games so that there's so many more practice opportunities for kids uh, and reduce the the amount of gameplay. I often wonder if it's almost the opposite for a goaltender, because can you learn to read the game in the context of a practice, or at least a practice as they're being traditionally run for, for hockey teams these days. Wow. 
Um, to me, that's a loaded question because yeah. I have my I have my answer. My answer yeah. is you gotta play games. Yeah. So, you know, playing goaltender is is about reading the play. It's about pattern recognition. And the more you see the patterns, the quicker you're gonna be able to respond to, you know, or or anticipate what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you know, we want to make goaltending. We want you to play like you're driving a car. You just, I mean, you got in your car today. You just, you know, you don't have to think about, oh, how do you turn the car on? Yeah. How do I turn left? How do I turn right? No, you just, you just drive. We need to play goal like that. And, you know, you need, you just need the reps. And then you get all the time. Like I've had people say to me, well, why don't we just train it? Stop it. Why don't we just train all the time, get all this training in because, you know, he only gets 20 shots in a game or 25 shots in a game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you need those 25 shots because those 25 shots have con- consequences. You learn when you have consequence. Yeah. You learn a lot quicker when there's consequences, when, when there's no consequence in practice, there's no consequences. Because you give up in a goal, a goal in practice, guess what? The coach is happy. This guy's just scored a goal. Great. You know, like. But from our end, I always look at like, when do you go golfing? Do you golf at all? Uh, very badly, but yes, I do. Yeah, me too. All right. So you go golf and, and I'll take Andover Country Club, which is down the road from me. And you go to Andover Country Club and you go hit off the first tee. Mm-hmm. And you've got the guys you're playing with. You've got the starter. You've got the people coming off the 18th. And you have all the people hanging around the clubhouse who have just played or sitting out on the on the on the uh, patio right so now all of a sudden you're hitting your first ball and there's 20 30 people watching you swing you're not on the range anymore no and now you go from there now you go to the second you go up the hill you go to the second tee because you and your buddies you want to get more reps on the first tee that's what's mm-hmm. going to make you better mm-hmm. being able to do it on the first tee not being able to do it on the second to the 18th so you need those games and the more that you're able to have a consequence to your actions, the more that you're able to see and read the play, see the patterns develop, I think you're, you're much better off. So I think you got to play and, and, and it's like anything, you, you need balance in life. Mm-hmm. So you have to balance that. You can't just play and play and no training. You have to find that right mix, that, 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 that right combination. But I think that if you look at games played, games played is your single best determinant of whether you can project a goalie to be successful in the future. Not save percentage, not goals against average, it's games played. Yeah, we often, I mean, we've only got so much control over that, how much an individual can play and where they can play and that there's only so many opportunities. But if you could design a program for a young goaltender perfectly, what sort of elements would you- I'll disagree with you on that one. Okay. So you have a little bit more control because because of where hockey's at now, right? Okay. So let's take here in New England. You play for a prep school, mm-hmm. and you're not the starter. So you get eight games that year. Oh, it's out of your control, right? Oh, it's out of my control. I, I only got eight games out of the thirty games we played. Mm-hmm. But guess what? In New England, there's a spring tournament every weekend, like at multiple rinks all summer long. If you're not getting your game reps in the season, it's still in your control mm-hmm. because you can sign up for those tournaments and you know they're begging for goalies, right? So you can sign up for, there's so many 
spring and summer tournaments that you can control your games played. So therefore, if you're not getting your games played during the regular season, it's up to you. It's in your control. Get on some teams. And then if you are getting your games, then you don't have to, then you don't have to sign up and do all this stuff in the, in, in the off season. But I do believe that it is a little bit more in your control than it used to be because of the spring summer tournament circuit. And an excellent suggestion. And it sort of sounds like depending on your situation, you need to take control of your career and take control of your game and, and find the best way. Cause I assume you would probably tell that, that youngster who's only getting eight games in his regular season. Well, that's the time. Maybe you maximize the, the private training, the off, the or you take your Spencer training. Knight. Yeah. Spencer, okay. Spencer Knight played a ton of games. Yeah. He did. He took time off though. Right. So he took time off. He would play a ton of these games, but he'd take time off. He gets He wasn't at goalie school, you know, for three months straight because he was playing so many games. Mm-hmm. So there's a, you know, there's that you have to take your situation and then figure out, okay, right. what do I need? And then you go, then you go get it. And, and, and that's the other thing. Like I, I talked to a parent the other night and actually yesterday, and they were asking about playing for one team or another and based on the goalie coaching. And I said, quite frankly, I don't, I don't take the goalie coach or what the, what the organization, this is youth hockey. I don't take what the organization is providing to be my determinant of whether I'm going to pick a team. There's a lot of other factors that I'm going to put ahead of that. Because goalie training is something you can control. It is out there for you if you want to go get it. Here in New England, there's there's a ton of goalie guys, right? Sure. And everyone. so, therefore, if the organization is the right fit because of five different reasons, but, oh, they only give goalie training every Sunday night at 5 o'clock in a clinic style, that's not what we want. Well, that shouldn't inhibit you from playing for that team because if you want the private one-on-ones, go get the private one-on-ones. They're not going to pay for it anyway. So so I think that I think that we've got to look at it and say what can we control? And and you know, your your game time is something because of today's culture and, and environment in hockey, you can go control that to some degree and you can control your training. And if, if you're putting that game program together for, for a young goaltender, what, what are the factors that you look at in sort of choosing the right situation? You know, I, I often think about the, the analogy of the boxer as they bring them up through their career and they want to make sure they have just enough challenge, but not so much that the confidence gets beat down. Like, how does that work with a goaltender in, in developing their game to you? How would you choose teams? First off, you got to play. Mm-hmm. And... I know that there's a lot of talk here about only goalie being the only goalie Mm -hmm. and then having two goalies on a team. I think you can argue both ways. Uh, My kids have got obviously two goalies (laughs) that, uh, that I raised and they always played with someone and they're still like best buds (laughs) after all these years, Mm -hmm. they're still close to their, with their old goalie partners. Um, and I think there's a lot of value to having someone that lives in goalie world on your team. When you're the only person that's living in goalie world, it can be challenging sometimes. So I think that's good to have someone that lives on your island. And at the same time, I think competition is good. I think learning from other people, I think pushing and, and competing is just a huge factor in terms of whether you're going to make it as a goaltender. So I think there's a lot of value. And then 
for kids that are the only goalie on the team, I think that's great too. They're going to get a ton of games. For sure. So, so, but they're going to miss a little bit on something else. But, you know, once again, you, you go back and forth. I am probably um, not with the norm in this. Mm-hmm. I don't like when youth goalies play full games. If you've got two goalies, I will argue all day that both goalies should play. And my feeling is I personally, I'm not taking my 12 year old to a sporting event. He's not going to play it. I'm just not going to do it. Sometimes a very long commute to that game. Absolutely. I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave North end over mass and drive to Foxborough and for an hour and 10 minutes to watch my kids sit on a bench and drive home again. And we've put five hours into him sitting there watching a game. So You'll have people that argue with me and they'll say, yeah, well, it's better for them to play the full game. I'm like, I couldn't care less. Like, you can argue the the benefits of it. I'm not taking my kid. And so when my guys were growing up, every team they played for, they went to a game they played. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the way that's just the way, or they weren't gonna play on that team. Just the way it was. That's just my belief, right? Yeah, I've seen it. it I've seen it both it, ways with mine. It, yes, it doesn't mean it's right. I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, that's just what I. That's just what I think. And we had uh, we had Alex Ald on one time, and and he was coaching a local youth team, a goalie coach, and he actually was doing it every. I think it was every ten minutes he was swapping goalies. Switch them up. Yeah, yeah because his cool. his belief was look. They're the only player on the ice. If especially if they play a full game, they gets no in game coaching. So. Switch it up after ten minutes. Have a little chat on the bench, and then back in you go. And we'll and we'll do the same thing with the next guy. I think it's a really interesting model for, especially for a young goaltender. Hodge, what you brought up right there is huge. Okay, so you think about it, and this is part of why I did my books, right? Mm-hmm. So you think about it. A goalie goes in, plays a game. What? Let's say walks into the rink, warms up, plays a game, leaves. It's quite possible they have no interaction with an adult. Yep. No, no interaction with a parent, a goal, like, and, you know, who's providing at 12, 14, 15, who's providing goalie coaching that's actually going to break down games and give them what they need in terms of learning how to play the game in a game environment. Players get it every time they come back to the bench, right? Mm-hmm. They make a mistake or something happens. They get back. The coach gets down there, takes out the whiteboard on one knee, drawing the play out for the player. But a goalie may not hear from anybody. And that's why the whole thing about don't car coach your kid. Yeah. You throw that out the window. Yeah, yeah I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're, if, if you're you know what you're talking parent, about. Yeah. yeah. If you're a goalie parent, you got to learn a little bit about the position and you've got to understand how to talk. To your kid after a game and mm-hmm. and be able to go through scenarios and and whether you're providing input or not, letting your daughter or your son talk through it, right? So that they're digesting and getting something out of the game. Because the last thing you want to do is play a game and then you walk out of there and, okay, all the lessons that are learned every game. If you don't talk about them or communicate or think about them, then they're more or less lost. So that's why I love, I love your guests when they talk about journaling. Yes. Yeah. Because now, now you play a game. Now you, you, now you write down 
I got to do this. Oh, I, I got caught on that one. I got to remember to do this. Now you're writing it down. That's going to give, that's going to do a lot for your attention. It definitely gets uh, imprinted better when, when you write it down. And the thing I like about it is, and then you don't lie there awake all night running the game through your head over and over. You can get it out on a piece of paper and it's not gone, but it's filed away. Well, I'll, I'll t- that's why I did SIG Game Day, my app. Mm-hmm. It's be- exactly that reason. You get it after the game. You don't have to lie awake thinking about it. You know how many shots you had, what kind of caliber, what your goal expectancy was supposed. Like it takes that away. People won't understand goaltending. It's a different sport. It's a whole different mental um, challenge than the other players have. And the pregame anxiety, the postgame, how hard it is to wind down after a game. And when you're playing back-to-back nights, mm-hmm. and that first night, like you're you're wound up after the game. There's no like going home. I I leave BU. I go home at night. Like I don't go to bed. I'm still. I didn't even play, and I'm wound up. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> hang out. I'm gonna watch games on TV. Like it's just that's just the way it is, right? So like you're always you're always it's a different it's a whole different component or a whole different way of looking at it from a goalie's. I say goalie world all the time. When you live in goalie world, it's a, it's a, it's a different world. Why it is good to have a good partner. If you, if you can, yes. or somebody can bounce it off. Or a parent yeah. that, that at least, at least a parent that, that will listen, It'll right. And let you talk things through. Mm-hmm. It's funny. You talk about the mental approach and we were discussing golf there a little bit. And we've often said that there's, there are incredible parallels between golf and goaltending. I hadn't thought of the first tee so much, Brian, but uh, yeah. you, you know, just that approach to the game, um, being in your head so much, and the fact that you can't get better by trying harder. In fact, it sort of sends you the other direction, doesn't it? Absolutely. Who was the guest you just had that would talk about golfing in the summertime that they hadn't golfed before? It was an in-goal guest. And, oh, oh geez, you're putting me on the spot. Morning. It's a recent one, and they were talking about, and then Woody was like, yeah. You know, Woody was like, um, you know, it, it's that without that focus that you need in golf over a long period of time. Yes. And it's the same thing as a goaltender. You need to focus over a long period of time. I think that was one of the toughest things for my son growing up when he moved into bantam hockey and all of a sudden they were 20 minute periods with floods in between each period. And that mental thing is everything. When when the kids go junior, you're 100% right. When the kids go junior and those periods are longer Mm -hmm. and then you have that time in between it, there's a big change. And I, I remember my son, Joey, when he was playing for Muskegon, they start off the year, so he's there. They must have had four or five opening nights. They had their own, and they just happened to hit mm-hmm. opening nights. And that was the whole gong show before the game, right? The national anthem and then presenting this. And so you warm up, and a half hour later, you're getting your first shot. That's a mental test right there. Absolutely. To be yeah. able to to be able to to handle that and then be ready when it's your time to actually start the game. Yeah. So, so he didn't get that until junior. He didn't get that till junior. We were lucky out here. It started in sort of age 13. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. So now, so 
you always think about all the experiences that the kids go through, that we as goalies gone through, that you have to draw on those experiences. So there's there's Joey goes in, he's just happens to get hammered with all these opening nights. Mm-hmm. And he's got to figure out how to be ready when the game starts. So he signs his he signs after his junior year for Arizona, and a few nights later he's playing for Buffalo. Oh, it's for Ottawa versus Buffalo in, mm-hmm. in Buffalo. And guess what? It's Jack Eichel bobblehead night. It's the <laughs> last game of the year. It's the last game of the season. They do award and presentations and the national anthem, the Canadian anthem, the American anthem. And now you're right back in it. And and it's great. So he he's sitting there and it's taking forever. And he says to himself, I'm so proud of this as a goalie parent, goalie coach. Mm-hmm. He says to himself, no one gives a crap how long this pregame was. When they puck the when they drop the puck, no one gives a crap that I have been standing around here for 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's experience. And that's that's why as goalies you need to go through a whole bunch of experiences to be able to then perform at the highest level. I always frame it uh, when I'm working with a youngster who's worried about something like that uh, as this is absolutely to your advantage. And then they look at me kind of shocked, like, what do you mean it's to my advantage? Well, because you know how the guy at the other end of the rink is feeling right now and how much it's bothering him, but you know it's not bothering you, so you got one up on him. Oh yeah, I do. I do. Like how we frame things mentally, I think is incredibly important. Without a doubt. And it, it never changes too. Right. So you look at that game the other day. So Seattle, LA nine, eight. Mm-hmm. Right. So you think about it, you're in a five, five game. All of a sudden you're in an eight, eight game. Nothing's changed. What do you got to do? You got to stop the next pot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's eight eight five five or zero zero. It's still your the mindset, the training has still got to be. All I got to do is stop the next shot. That's that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter if we're winning eight nothing, losing eight nothing, tied eight eight, tight like it. But it takes time. It takes time to to train your mind to think that way, mm-hmm. and to be able to go through adversity and be able to be in games. And be sitting there and you're Minnesota beating Dallas five to one with 13 minutes left in the game. And next thing you know, it's tied up and you're in a shootout and you've got to stop the next, you've got to say, that is a, that is a mental test. And the experiences that you get, that's going to lead you to a position where you're going to be able to frame it. It's all about how we frame things, right? How you're going to frame the situation and be able to perform. Which is another positive spin you can put on a challenging game like 8-8 because that's just another experience you can put in your toolkit for later on down the road. Absolutely. And you want those. Mm-hmm. You actually, you know, that that's uh, for a culture, a parent, a kid, like every time you think you're in one of those gong show games, like, oh, okay, great. I survived it. 
I, I, I live to play another day, you know, and, and that's perfect. Well, we're getting into all these things that are, are about the mental approach to the game and, and building those experiences. Tell me about the, the new book that you've created, because I think we're going down that road right now. You know, it's what we're talking about is exactly what the book is about. It's, it's called How to Be a Goalie. So last year I came out with How to Be a Goalie Parent. Mm-hmm. And um, I had so many parents tell me that they were taking pictures of pages uh, and, and sending them to their kids and highlighting pages and putting the, putting the, the book in front of them and saying, read this highlighted yeah. <laughs> uh, chapter or whatever. Um, so this is, it's, it's not a technical book. It's not about how to stop one or break away. It's how to prepare, how to, um, how to, how, how to think about the game in a way that you'll be able to enjoy the game more, be able to learn more and be able to grow more. That's basically what it's about. It's not about, you know, whether you should use an RVH or Panda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's about, it's about the game um, of goaltending. It's about goalie world. It's about understanding the things that you need to know to be a goalie, because, you know, when right off the bat, I talk about as a goalie coach and, and being, you know, in the NHL and AHL and college and the whole thing, I've been in hundreds of locker rooms, coaches' offices, where the coach says, well, he doesn't understand how to be a pro. He doesn't understand how to be, he doesn't understand what it means to be a goalie, right? You know how many times I've heard that? He doesn't understand. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to explain it. I'm going to explain it. This is, this is how you deal with a bad goal. This is how you deal with your coach. This is the, 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 the idea surrounding he doesn't understand. So it was funny. I was coaching junior hockey and I was the head coach. This is way back when. And I made a rule and it was a coach's rule in the coach's room. If you said something about a player in the coach's room, but you never told the player that you had to stop, go to the locker room, grab the player and tell them what you were saying in the coach's room. Because what help does it do to the player when you sit in the coach's room and you say, oh, he's not working. He hasn't worked hard on the back check for the last month. Okay, fine. Go tell him, Johnny, you haven't worked hard on the back check for the last month. So if you sit in the coach's room and and say, oh, the goalie, he doesn't understand. Well, okay, let's go tell him. Let's explain. So that's what, that's how the book starts. And, and the great thing is I've got, messages from former goalies Brian Boucher and Curtis McElhinney and Scott Clemenson and some of the most successful women goalies we've had Molly Shouse and Brianna McLaughlin and it was so nice they they donated or contributed mm-hmm. a message to future goalies and stuff like Scott Clemenson was habits supersede motivation love it right mm-hmm can't always be that sounds motivated. like a t-shirt yeah you can't always be your habits have to supersede the motivation uh, brie uh brie was talking about you gotta be able to laugh at yourself as a goalie 
you can't you can't be too serious. You gotta find you gotta find that that mix. Um Mac, he got cut from every Bantam AAA team he tried out for. And he kept going. You know, like so there's so many good messages from former successful goalies, and it's they didn't have easy roads. Everything they, they didn't put on golden skates when they were eight years old and everything was handed to them and they never had bad nights and, and controversy and challenges. They went through it. So it was so nice for them to contribute to the book. So you get through a chapter and then you read a message and and it's really nice. Um, I, I'm really grateful for everybody that contributed to the book to, to make it special like that. Sounds like something that uh, should be on every Christmas list for the goalie in your life, along with, of course, an in-goal premium membership so you can learn how to read the game. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think maybe the next book then, Brian, would be How to Be a Head Coach of a Goalie. No, it's actually, you're actually on the right path. Yeah. How to coach goalies, mm-hmm. but not for goalie coaches, right? It is it is a way to look at how to coach the goalie. You don't have to know what the difference between a VH and an RVH is. Mm-hmm. But here's a book that's going to help you deal with the goalies so that you're providing them more of what they need as opposed to looking at it from your perspective. I think there would be a lot of goalie parents purchasing that book as a gift for for the coaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the coaches. Coach, please read this. Okay, what, what's the first chapter going to be when you write that book? What's the most important tip you want to pass on to head coaches today or coaches? Like anything, any relationship. Where does every relationship start and end? It starts and ends with the communication, mm-hmm. and that's that's the first issue. Is that there's not enough communication between the coach and the goaltender in terms of how who's playing, how they playing, how they're going to work this, what's going to happen in tournaments, uh, how's playing time going to get divided, what's practice going to be like, what do you like in practice, what could, you know, there, there's a million different things you need to communicate on that would make the experience better for both the coach and the goalie. So that's communication is chapter one right there. There you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, Brian, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. It's nice to chit-chat goaltending for half an hour and where the game is going, and it's great to, to learn a little bit more about, uh, about the new book. Um, I think people could get their goaltending Christmas shopping done if they uh, stopped by Stop a Goaltending and uh, looked up Brian DeCord on Amazon because you've got something for everybody between the app and then the how to be a goalie parent and how to be a goalie and oh, let's not forget sense arena who you're involved with very deeply as well uh you are working very hard to make goaltending better for everybody out there and uh, on behalf of the whole goalie union thank you i appreciate it. i appreciate everything you guys do you mentioned sense arena and wait for it you got the nhl players coming soon so that's, Ooh, that's there's it's a big coming in the blank it's coming in a minute where you're going to be you guys have talked a lot about uh, you had Abby talking about reading releases, reading mm-hmm. shots, reading pucks off the stick. Devin Levi, he does sessions. He just sits on a couch, literally mm-hmm. sits on a couch and watches releases, watching the knees, watching the hands, watching the shoulders. Wait till you see this. You're going to have NHL shooters coming down, shooting. You'll be able to read the release, see how they shoot the puck. You're going to learn so much without even stopping a puck. You're going to learn so much from just watching the release and, and getting wow. that experience. 
Can't wait. Can't wait. Do we know when it's coming? Like fast. Like fast. Like really fast. Ooh, it's going to be awesome. I don't want to go out there because I don't want to get dope slapped. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But really fast. That's awesome. Yeah. Brian, thanks again. Okay. Thank you so much. That was smooth. That was smooth. When when Brian brought up uh, the idea of watching all the video that Woody does with goaltenders is is so accurate. But when somebody like Brian sees the value in it, doesn't it just one warm your heart, but uh, heart, but it also gives validation uh, to to what you've been able to do, Woody. Yeah, no, and hey, it's not just not just me. I'm the one that maybe gets to have these conversations, but it was it was an idea that we had a while ago, um, Hutch and I, that I think has been a big driver for, um, you know, for Ingoal Mag and the premium subscription. The idea that you get something new every week from some of the best goalies in the game, breaking down the game, and um, you know, we we hope to you know we're going to keep bringing them to you. It's uh, it's a bit challenging sometimes to get these guys, uh, the the format and the amount of time it takes, but. You know, I want to make sure that we thank the NHL goalies as well for taking part of this. Um, you know, they've been really generous with their time uh, over the years to allow us to have these sit down sessions and to go over these videos and none of it happens without them. So thanks to all the guys that do it. We hope to bring you some exciting new ones in the new year and and continue rolling it out because it's nice to see. Um, I think that's why goalies are willing to do it for the most part, because they understand that it's something that helps young goalies and the I've had more than a few express to me they wish there was something like this when they were young and coming up uh, and learning to play the position. So um, thanks to everyone for taking part, and thanks for those who enjoy it, and thanks, Brian, for the kind words, and the rest of you that don't have a subscription, go buy one because it helps us helps us keep them coming. How do people get subscriptions, Hutch? Ingoalmag.com. Very clear tag right up at the top. Gift memberships available. Click on there. And uh, you've got a couple of different things you can do. It'll take you straight to the gift subscription form if you'd like. If you know that's what you want for the goalie in your life, very simple to fill out the form there. It includes a message that will get emailed to them on the day of your choosing, like the 25th of December, but it doesn't have to be. And, uh, and after you submit that and the order goes through, then everything happens sort of automatically, but you'll be taken to a page where you can also download uh, a PDF gift certificate. Uh, there's several available there with different NHL goalies on them so that you could print them out and put them in a stocking under a tree, however you might like to do it. If you're not sure, if you are somebody who wants to know a little bit more about InGoal before you make that purchase, there's also a link on the subscription page and the gift subscription page uh, where you can go and find out more about InGoal. And we've redone the page that tells you all about what InGoal is. And there you will find things like as Woody just mentioned, Elvis Merzlikens talking about how when he was a young kid, he would have spent all day and all night on in-goal learning. Uh, you can scan down that page a little bit, and there are about 10 different in-goal articles that have been linked and unlocked there. So if you want to know what it's all about before you decide to make a purchase, you can do that. Everything's been simplified for you, but really all you have to do, go to ingoalmag.com, click on gift subscriptions, fill out that form. It takes about three minutes, and uh, the gift will be delivered for you. Thank you. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Hey, we've got uh, one, maybe we might squeeze another episode in before Christmas, but uh, everybody's flying all over the place uh, trying to knock things down. So uh, for sure, one more episode before Christmas, we'll be able to talk to everybody. And uh, and then leading into the holidays, we'll see what we can do with a, with a bonus episode.
You know what's coming up, boys? What? Episode 200. Ooh. We're getting there. And we got a special guest for that one. Somebody who doesn't normally do podcasts, but he does ours. Just after mm. Christmas. Really? Who is that? He's in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. It's a goalie, right? Last I checked, although he's, okay. he's diversified since going right. into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But he played goal, right? He did, he got a connection yeah. to the position. Yeah, more he's recently, he was a pretty good sniper as a forward, though, too. Oh, well, we'll, uh, we'll keep that in mind. Has he been on the on in goal before? Once. Because we've done, once. we've almost done 200 The only other podcast he's done is really? our other one. Is uh-huh. that right? It's true. Oh, well, now I've got to do some deep research into this. Love We're it. special. We really are special. We are. We're very special. Hey, uh, thanks for this, you guys. Love the conversation off the top. Uh, that was so cool about uh, the mental part of it, the physical part of it, and uh, goals being up and being able to handle it. And and there's the uh, aspect of hockey's more entertaining when there's some goals. So it's not a bad thing. You still got to win your game, uh, whether it's 6-4 or 4-2. Uh, and if we embrace that, we can really uh, take the game to another level. Just an opportunity to make more big, dramatic saves. You got that right. On behalf of David Hutchison, Kevin Woodlate, Cam over at the Hockey Shop, and Brian DeCord, thanks for listening to In Goal Radio, the podcast. 